All right, everybody, come on in. Grab a seat. Time for church. It's good to have you tonight. Live streamers, wherever you're watching from, thanks for joining us. And, of course, we're always excited to come together as a family of faith. Are we not? All right, all right. Good. There are some people that are paying attention to me. That's good. Everybody, come on in. Ready for church to start? A uh, couple quick announcements before we get going. Okay, first off is if uh, you are part of the basic discipleship small group uh, that Judah's leading right after worship, uh, you'll connect up with him for that. And, of course, the kids are in with us, so as soon as we're done with worship, uh, they can be checked into kids' church. But uh, the big announcement is don't forget this Sunday. Everybody know what this Sunday is? Cheesecake, yes, that's a good way to look at it. Uh, Vision Casting Sunday, so uh, don't forget, normal service may be shortened up just a hair, but then we're having uh, a time after that of casting vision for the church for this year into next year, so uh, invite uh, some food with you, bring some food with you, invite some food, uh, bring some food with you, and we'll hang out and eat together and talk about what we're going to be heading into into this next year. Amen? Sound good? All right, jump up on your feet. Let's all, let's all just enter into worship tonight. Lord Jesus, we thank you for the opportunity to come to your house once again. Time with you and time with each other is so, so special. Lord, it's sacred. Lord, that your presence would be with us tonight. Holy Spirit, blow in this place like the wind. Have your way. We pray the fire of the presence of God burns among us tonight. Yes, Lord, come. Lord, and we ask, we ask that we ask that you're not absent from us tonight. And we know you will not be, but I pray that you're here in such a tangible way. Lord, meet us here tonight. That our worship is acceptable to you. It's, it's, Lord, it's from our hearts honoring you for you are the wonderful creator mating us in your image to be in relationship with you Lord we, we thank you for that so tonight we, we give ourselves to you once again we praise you Jesus and we worship you so let's, let's lift ourselves in song together tonight Sleep me too. 
I wanna see 
Bible, there's, man's part is so simple. It's so simple. It's taking your staff and touching the water. It's walking around a city for seven days and then shouting and the walls come down. It's picking up some stones so you can just fling them and then the giants are gonna fall. And Lord, I just pray that we will do the simple things that you call us to do. That we will not be afraid, that we would not be ashamed to shout when you say shout. That we wouldn't be afraid to take off chains, Lord, that you've already given us the key for. Lord, that we would be faithful, God, in the little things, knowing that you are the master multiplier. That you're the one who does the big things and you choose to use us to do them. Lord, I pray that you would use us in our city, that you would use us to wake up your people, Father. That you would come like a rushing wind behind us, Lord. And that our words, Father, that they would penetrate and that they would plant seeds that can't help but grow. But Lord, just give us the courage, God. Give us the courage to speak things out that you are calling us to speak. Give us the courage to put things that are important to us down at your feet. Oh man, I'm just thinking of, of Moses' mother and how hard that had to be, but what did God do with her obedience? Lord, help us to be obedient to you in all things. In all things, in all things. Amen. Amen. Well, we're glad to have you. Isn't it God good? Isn't he exciting? He is moving. He is waiting for us. Guys, he is going. Hallelujah. Well, children, you're dismissed. And don't forget about the small group happening downstairs. And if you still want to join, you can go down there. Don't feel like you had to sign up already. Just go. Good evening. It's good to have you tonight. Uh, tithing offering, yeah, prep that. If you have something to give, uh, envelopes are in the chairs in front of you. If not, wave your hand around and, and the ushers will help you out. Uh, while we're waiting, we've got some people checking kids in downstairs. Uh, don't forget, uh, Sycamore House fundraiser with the baby bottles. This is uh, coming to a close, I think, here in a couple weeks, right, Mike? Beginning of June or something, right? So please, if you have these out, get them filled up, bring them back in. Dig down in your couch cushions, in your car, underneath your car seats, everywhere. Check your coat pockets. Uh, every once in a long while, I find some least, I find some cash in a coat pocket from like the last fall or something. So it's a wonderful moment, but check them now. Um, Find that stuff and, and uh, 
uh, get that in for the Sycamore house, okay, and just turn them in either to Mike or give them to me, and we'll make sure they get all collected. Uh, your, your giving tonight is appreciated, and um, uh, and again, at the, at the vision casting on Sunday, I'll give you an update on some of the finances of the church, but everything that's happening, it's all good news, uh, happens because of your faithfulness and your giving, and we appreciate that. So, I'm going to pray over it, if you have something, you can bring it, Lord, uh, we thank you tonight to continue in our worship and our giving, Lord. And uh, I, I just, Lord, I appreciate the faithfulness of this house, Lord. And they're, they're tithers, they're givers, uh, they're people that believe in, in the church and believe in, in your kingdom, and they believe in you, and that's why they give, Lord. So I pray blessings upon them as, as, the, as you supply seed to the sower and as uh, they are in wisdom and stewardship of the increase that comes into their lives, Lord Jesus, that you are doing amazing things above and beyond what we can understand uh, with the things that they do in their giving. And we thank you for that. In Jesus' name, we all say amen. So if you have it, you can bring it. Uh, while that's happening, I want a testimony. How about that? Who, who in the house has a testimony that you can pop up at your seat and uh, share tonight? Anybody, anybody, anybody got to be somebody that's got something good that God is doing that can share. I'm putting the entire congregation on the spot right now. Blake stood up, but it wasn't for a testimony. Okay, he's headed for the bathroom. Um, <laughs> I thought I had a winner, but he turned around. Anybody got a testimony? Got to be somebody that's got something. I was going to ask for two, but maybe not. Uh, anybody at all? Going once. Oh, my goodness. So if I said, how many of you have some bad news to share? Oh, okay, okay. I was going to say, yes. Claire's got a testimony. I know this doesn't work for live stream. We'll be back with you in a second. Go ahead. good that's good outside the lord helping her she gets her smarts from you or from judah from Ju oh wow i thought you would just take all the credit <laughs> all right i won't ask for a second one so if you got your bibles open up the book of matthew chapter number seven we're going to finish out relationships tonight um and again, uh, I'm looking forward to our vision casting on Sunday. It's an important time, so make sure you plan on being with us uh, for that after church this Sunday. Um, but anyways, relationships. We talked a whole month about friendships. Um, we talked about uh, uh, human sexuality and what that has to do with relationships last Wednesday. But uh, I want to finish out tonight with, with a general overall encouragement about relationships. Um, the challenge is this, that in all the relationships that you have in life, that you are a source of life. And you've got to think about that. And you've got to check yourself. That in all the relationships that you have in your life, that you are a source of life. And you're a source of, of uplift. You're a source of encouragement, that you're a source, a voice of hope. That because Jesus is your life source, that you in turn then are a life source to other people. In other words, that your outlook on life has a big picture view outside of yourself. In other words, it flows from the Christ-likeness that you are growing into in your life. In other words, you learn how to spur one another on to love and good deeds, as Paul would say. One of the biggest sources of life that you can be for other people is offering forgiveness when there's mistakes and things that happen, that you, a person, offers grace. Uh, as Paul would write, that you give peace to other people. Your support, your burden-bearing kind of person. You, you think about your relationships, your marriage, uh, your, your children, your, your, your family, 
your, your workplace, acquaintances that you sort of interact with sometimes, in those relationships, are you a source of life? And it's a big way to start to look at yourself and to see if you really are. Or are you the source of agitation in those relationships? Or are you the source of, of uh, causing issues? I, I, I've met some people in my life that love drama. I mean, what I'm talking about. That's not being a source of life. So, so sometimes in the church, pastoring as long as I have, things come up sometimes, and almost always there's always one or two names that are brought up with it. Oh, you know why? Source of drama. They like to hear and stir and pass things on, and that's not being a source of life. You know what I'm saying? Are you a source of life in relationships that you have? So like Paul would encourage the readers uh, of letters that he wrote one specifically to encourage them to press on, to keep going. Are you the kind of person that encourages others to press on, being a source of life? So this is a nail that I'm always going to be hammering when it comes to the church. Because we are called to be a light in the world, but part of that is in how we interact in relationships. Now, Matthew chapter 7, this is Sermon on the Mount, and verse number 12. We have what is called the golden rule. Matthew 7, 12. So whatever you wish that others would do to you, do also to them. For this is the law and the prophets, or, or uh, some translation, this sums up the law and the prophets. How many of you have ever had to, in school, if you remember, had to write a summary of something you read? Anybody? If you have kids, or maybe this was you, uh, you realized your summary was due tomorrow, but you realize you never read what you're supposed to summarize, you know what I'm talking about, and you find yourself in a pickle. A summary is taking something bigger and putting it in simple and plain terms. Jesus is saying everything you see in the law and what the prophets said can be brought down to one way to see it in a simple term. Do to others as you would have them do unto you. That's one way you can look at the entire, what we would call Old Testament, and put it in a simple sentence. In relationships in your life, one of the biggest things that you can do is learn to do to others what you would have them do to you. That's actually a pretty mature view of the way of seeing life. So it's kind of like this. I wish somebody would encourage me. My goodness. Well, then guess what? I wish somebody would send me a pick-me-up, you know? Guess what? I wish somebody would invite me out to lunch. Well, guess what? I wish somebody would pray for me and ask what, what I need prayer for. Well, guess what? I wish somebody would simply help me, care about me. Well, guess what? I wish that driver wouldn't have got mad when I accidentally cut him off. Well, guess what? See, the principle of sowing and reaping in your life shows up in doing unto others that you would have them do unto you. And one mature view of your life is to see something like this. How well you treat somebody when you're not required to treat them well says a lot about your character. Let me say that again. How you treat somebody that you are not required to treat well says a lot about your character and your understanding, doing unto others you would have them do unto you, even if in the long run you know they will not be able to reciprocate 
what you have done. That's maturity. That is, we will find a healthy way to look at relationships in your life. That you were willing to give in a way and not worried about a return, but what will happen because you give, sowing and reaping happens, you will get a return. It may show up in different ways, but you are interested in being a source of life to other people. So you are not required by any law in the United States of America to be kind to the cashier at Walmart. How you treat that person says a lot about your character. But there is a Christian ethic that steps in. Did you realize that there's a lot of laws in America of things you're allowed to do that aren't ethical? And there's all sorts of things you're not required to do by law you should do because they're ethical. Just because you can doesn't mean you should. And just because you're not made to doesn't mean you shouldn't. There's a higher ethic of the Christian faith that we must learn in maturity in our life. By the way, this shows up, and I, did, I, I was going to do a whole night on this. I'm not going to, but let me just throw this in there. When Jesus tells us to love our neighbor as ourselves. Do you know what the test case of that is? The test case is how you treat your enemies. Because until you have learned to love your enemies, you really haven't learned how to love your neighbor fully. Because anybody can love those who love you. That's what Jesus said in the Sermon on the Mount too, by the way. In other words, you don't get to qualify it because the Christian ethic says something to you. So have you ever, I know I've used this example. It's been a long time, so maybe you don't remember. I grew up on lazy Saturday afternoons, every now and then catching old Clint Eastwood westerns on TV. I love them. Just full of dollars, full dollars more, a few dollars more. I don't even know what I'm talking about. Clint Eastwood always kills the bad guys. And I don't remember which movie it is, but, but he comes right, in the beginning of the movie, he comes riding into town on his little donkey. And a bunch of guys sitting on the fence. They start heckling him and whatever, and they sh shoot their guns, and a donkey runs. And this donkey's running down, and he reaches up on a signpost, grabs it, donkey keeps going, he hangs there, turns around, drops down, and then he eventually goes back. And you know what's going to happen. He kills all of them. Now, I realized something one day. I didn't care that he did that. You know why? Because they were the bad guys. And a lot of times when you term somebody the bad guy, you don't care what happens to them. They're your enemies. Who cares? But Jesus says something different. That you got to learn how to love your enemies. That's why Jesus was on the cross and said, Father, forgive them. Who? Them, the ones that were killing them. For they don't know what they're doing. Because ultimately the enemy has blinded their eyes to understand that the actions of their life aren't most likely proper. That's what I'm saying. The Christian ethic says Clint Eastwood shouldn't kill those guys even though they sent his donkey running down the road. That would have made a terrible movie, by the way. I would have never watched that movie if Clint would have went back and said, I forgive you guys, have a good day. Not a good movie. Better movie when he killed them all, right? But see, you can take that attitude, you... There, there are people in your life that wear the white hat, the good guy, and there's people that wear the black hat, the bad guys, and if they wear a black hat, then whatever happens to them just happens to them. In fact, in fact because they're my enemy, they actually probably deserve it because you've made that judgment. Test case of loving your neighbor is have you learned to love your enemy? And when it comes to your enemy, do unto others as you would have them do unto you. See what we're getting at. That's, that's maturity and seeing relationships in your life. So are you, even to your enemies, a source of life? The opportunity of life. They may, they may not receive it, but the opportunity of life.
that there's a maturity in that. So, of all the value of things that you can try to gain in life, outside of God, there's nothing more valuable than how you are towards other people. Because our whole business is loving God with everything you have. And then as Jesus said, and this is just like it, loving your neighbors yourself. The greatest value out of, outside of loving God is loving other people. They go together. The greatest value you can find in life is how you treat other people. That is why the, the whole entire law is summed up. Law and the prophets said, do to other people as you want them to do to you. The reason you would have an enemy is because they wronged you. What happens if you wrong somebody else? How do you want them to respond to you? With hate, judgment, paying you back, eye for an eye? You hope there's grace there. You hope there's mercy there. Well, then do to others that you would want them to do to you. The next time you hear a little gossip come your way, you want people spreading gossip about you? Do to others as you would have them do to you. Stop it. Just stop the gossip. Hey, I'm not going to talk about that. You're allowed to do that, by the way. You don't have to listen to everything that comes your way. You're allowed to say, I'm not going to talk about that. Maybe you'll, they'll learn a lesson, too, when you say that. Next time slander starts coming around, you, you don't have to participate. Do to others as you would have them do to you. That's maturity of seeing relationships or seeing people in general in your life. So evaluate yourself. Are you a source of life to your spouse? Think about it. Or are you just a source of grumpiness and agitation? Right? Are you a source of life to your kids? Yeah, I give them a house to live. They're, they're alive because of me. I made them and now I'm keeping them. Well, I understand. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. But where the Bible says children obey your parents, it also says don't be harsh at your kids. That's in there, right? Don't exasperate them might be the word, I think. Are you a source of life to your kids? Are you a source of life in the church body? Or are you one of those people that likes drama and likes to talk about stuff? And are, are you on a dream team? Are you a source of life on your dream team or are you a source of contention on your dream team? You're always a problem, always got something to say, always upset about something. I want people to have life, to give. Are your source of life in your workplace, to your coworkers? Are you the one who is praying for people even when they don't know it? Are you the one that's willing to send out a text with a verse or a call of encouragement or a help when there's help needed? We said, but... but but I'm always the giver. When, when do I get? Listen, when you do what the scriptures teach, God is a source of life to you because of it. Right? Will God not uphold you if you uphold his word? Yes. Amen. And then there will be the practical, again, the sowing and reaping in your life. Well, it will come back your way. Amen. Right? Be a source of life. That is proper relationship. So you, you can really, you can get very specific with yourself if you want to. Much more than I can say by generalities from the pulpit here. You can literally think of people and names and situations of your life and say, am I a source of life? And think through it. And with the help of the Holy Spirit, where he may bring some conviction and say, hey, here's an area you could get a little bit better with this whole business of being a source of life. 
I would encourage you to listen to him. Because I am, I am not one that uh, thinks the world rolls along by a bunch of fate and chance. I think God sets us up much more than we think. Relationships you do develop at work. Maybe there's a reason you have that relationship beyond just, well, I got to get along with my coworkers. I don't believe that, that people blow in and out of churches like tumbleweed in the old western. I think people think that sometimes, but I don't think God works that way necessarily. You, you can't bring a body together when the body parts are just blowing in and out with the wind. You know, you, you most likely are part of this church for a reason. And you're drawn to something like a dream team, let's say, and, and you're part of that. Well, maybe you felt drawn to that for a reason. And the reason is, in part, to be a source of life there. See what I mean? Smaller bodies within bigger bodies, right? I mean, you can think about all these different things. Obviously, in your, my marriage, I don't think, well, that was just happen chance, and, and, and God had no say in that. I, I actually prayed about that before I did that, so am I to be a source of life? Well, yeah. Brought us together for a reason. You th- you think you got your kids by happen chance? No, my goodness. Your kids came to you for a reason. Are your source of life for? See, we start thinking thinking about ourselves, and then we'll start. You know what you start doing? You'll start watching your attitude. You start watching the words that you say. You start watching your responses when things happen. We'll find out, you know, another thing about your character, we find out a lot about your character when things don't go your way. Let me say that again. We find out a lot about your character when things don't go your way. So what do you do when things don't go your way? Are you source of life or are you the other way? We, we find out a lot about people just by being around other people. And, you know, I say this all the time. I don't know where we were the other day. She's, Whatever's happening. Oh, she's talking about, we were talking with another couple, and they, they talk about they go on cruises. And, and they're like, well, you, she's like, I go on a cruise, but he won't. And they're like, why won't you go on a cruise? I said, because there's a lot of other people there. That's why I won't go. Too, too many people. That's a big boat, but still a lot of people. That's why I won't go. Right? You find out a lot about yourself just because of people. One of the reasons God brings people together in the body of Christ is to teach us about ourselves. Hear that? He brings a bunch of people together that would not normally get together. People that aren't just like you. And he says, now come together and be a body and work together for the kingdom. Then we learn things about ourselves. Right? Part of relationships in your life is to help the kingdom grow in you helps you. So in relationship where there's a rub, and let's say I get agitated, and I realize I'm agitated, and I realize my agitation isn't proper, that's a great opportunity for me to grow and to learn and to continue to become what God intends me to be. Instead of being agitated and being a source of agitation, then grow into being a source of life. That doesn't ever mean that we, we can't work things out and need to talk through some stuff. I'm not saying that, but the point is how we do that means everything. You can do it with offense, or you can do it with forgiveness and grace, and because we're body, we're going to work this out because we have Jesus, and we're, it's going to be okay. One or two. Right? John Wesley says this, do all the good you can by all the means you can in all the places you can at all the times you can to all the people you can as long as you ever can. Hear that? That's doing unto others as you would have them do unto you. 
And, and the, thing, the thing about it is, once you become aware of this, and consciously you're aware of it, you're not just kind of bouncing around through life like a bowling ball, you know, pinball. You become aware of the impact of relationships and how you are. How, how many of you, this is an honest question, how many of you, you don't have to raise your hand, but how many of you, due to a relationship in your past, it has negatively affected you to this point today in your life? And I think most of you would raise your hand. When you become consciously aware that relationships have long-term impact on people, it will start to change how you are. Especially in the light of, as a Christian, embodying Christ's likeness and being a part of the work of the kingdom, being conscious of that will make you really think about how you interact in relationships and how you simply are out there. So this is what happens to me because, this is maybe an example, because I've been pastoring for so long, and, I, and I've told you this before, but I'm saying this again for a point, I was on television for 12 years, both locally and inter internationally. Every single week I was on TV, right? We had a television program. People knew me that I did not know them, often when I'm out somewhere. So I'll give you an example. So we were at a restaurant called Jamery, great restaurant, in Wapakoneta. And the server came up with me, Margo, and Hope. It was over Hope Spring Break, I think. Maybe at the end of winter, anyways. And the waitress just starts talking with us, and she looked at me and said, do you remember me? I went, and I hate those moments, by the way. But I was like, uh, I used to go to youth group years ago at the church in Botkin. And I was like, wait a minute. And she said her name, you know, starts to come back. Let's say I'd have been a jerk to her for, because I was in a bad mood. I was walking in Walmart one time. There was an old lady sitting on a bench when they used to have benches right inside Walmart. I was walking past her. She said, hey. I said, hey. She said, you know Saddam Hussein's in the book of Revelation? That was way back when all that was happening. I said, I did not know that. She goes, and she starts talking to me about this so much that I sat down beside her. I'm just like, what is happening here? Never seen this lady in my life. I'm talking 10 minutes. She's just walking me through this stuff, and I'm just like, okay, yeah, whatever. But I'm, I'm being nice. And eventually another lady came walking out, and she popped up. Hey, she said, I was just telling this TV preacher about Saddam Hussein in the book of Revelation. It was great talking to you. And they left, walked out Walmart. Well, this lady had seen me on TV and recognized me walking into Walmart. What if I had blew her off? What if I would have been sitting there going, you don't know what you're talking about. You just stop talking because he's not there. Promise you. You're a chucklehead, you know? Right? Just because you don't think people know you and know you're a Christian and know you go to church doesn't mean you can be anonymous in how you treat them. Because the ethic of Christian faith, doing unto others you would have them do unto you, doesn't matter what relational connection you're having with somebody, even if it's just passing in the street. I'm in the gym. I'm working out. All of a sudden, I see somebody from church. Hey, they knew I was there. Yeah, I, I'm always conscious of that there's probably somebody in the area where I'm at, unless I'm out of the state, that knows who I am. It taught me a lesson. You got to act right all the time, not just when you feel like it. That may not be your case, but guess what? God knows, and he sees and he's supposedly with you, right? Amen. So start thinking about your life. And the kind of impact, good or negative, that you have based on the interactions that, that, that make up what you are. Right? Because I think, again, you're saying, I had relationships in the past that affected me to this day. You just don't know 
when it could have been one word that was said, one smile that was given, one verse that was sent, one prayer that was prayed that absolutely changed somebody's life. You just don't know. And you live in that whole Christian ethic of, of I will always, listen, always, always treat somebody the way that I would like to be treated. You think that way, listen, it'll make you rethink everything. That's how we approach relational connections that we have. And, and when you open yourself up to that, then, then again, the empowerment of God through you. Listen, God works through you much more than you understand. Much more than you understand. It, again, sometimes when we think the most ordinary, mundane moments of our life have big impact on people. And that, that is often God doing something beyond your understanding, beyond your comprehension. Because there's a tendency to work that way. We like the fireworks. God works through the ordinary a lot. All the fireworks stories in the Bible, great. But you know all the big time periods in between those? He's still working. He's doing stuff the whole time. Right? So think about you. Think about it. Think about it. This thing right here, this thing could be the source of the devil in your life. But it also could be the source of wonder and encouragement and building people up and all that kind of stuff. You can use this for good or for evil. Right? Everything you have in your life can be like that. Use it. Be aware of the ethic of relationships. Amen? All right. So be challenged. When you come to church, let me just tack this, this little bit on right here. When you come to church, I want you to receive every time you come, however it happens, while we're here. But I want you to come with the attitude of giving, too. And I'm not talking about offering. I'm talking about people. Come with an, and I understand you're going to go through times in life that you just, uh, and you need to receive, and you're going to sit there, amen, do it. But at some point, you've got to move beyond that. Can you imagine a church body? So, so let's just say, I know people go through a lot. Let's say, let's say 10% of our church is going through a really hard season. That's very quite possible, maybe even more. But you know what that means? 90% of us are here as a source of life. What can that do for the 10%? Think about it. When you come wanting to make an impact in a positive, God-filled way, right? Imagine what church would be like. That, that's, that's what we're called to do. So, so when you're in that season and you're bottomed out and you don't feel like you have anything to give, you're going to get ministered to all day long. Amen. When you're not in that place where you have nothing to give, then give. Smile on your face. Laughter in your throat. Outstretched hand, if you're like me and the other you guys, crazy people, outstretched hugs. <laughs> right? Quick with the prayer. Word of encouragement. Amen. What can God do among us? You, you know, when, when society that is beat down, Society that only hears negative words. You're not good enough. You don't measure up. You lack this. You're ugly. You're whatever the nasty stuff is that's said. When they start hearing about some people that don't do that stuff, 
but when you get around them, you just get encouraged? Is that light from Jesus or what? That, that, is, that is reversing what the enemy is trying to do and destroying people's lives and then building life in its place. Right? That's what the church should be. Amen. Let's be life givers. Think about it. How can I be a life giver? Then go for it. Go for it. Amen? All right, let's pray. Lord, I pray, I, I pray that there is conviction in our hearts about how we are towards other people. I pray, Lord, that, that the, the light bulb is it turned on in our minds about what kind of impact we are really having. I pray, Jesus, that you turn us into life givers just like you. That in a society that needs a source of the kingdom, of abundant life, of freedom, that in all the different ways that we interact in our lives with, with people that are made in your image, that we are those that are giving life. And we know that, Lord, that you're going to keep filling us up to be able to give. I thank you for that. I pray, Lord, that there's a long line of people, long line of people, that we don't even know about. That each one of us has impact on for you simply because of how we interact in our daily lives with those around us. Lord, use us. Help us. And I thank you for that. I thank you for that. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen, amen. Now, having said that, you are absolutely required to love somebody before you leave tonight, okay? Don't even try. Sneak out of here without being a source of life. All right, Sunday morning, we'll see you back. Be blessed as you go.